Welcome to Future Perspectives, the Locarno Film Festival podcast presented by UBS. I'm your host, Gabby Sanderson, and I'm here to talk with international film stars, upcoming talent, and industry game changers. Over the Future Perspectives series, you will discover secret stories and inspiring perspectives on the future of cinema, culture, and society. So let's begin. This is Future Perspectives. This is Future Perspectives, the official Locarno Film Festival podcast. My name's Gabby Sanderson, and I've got Daisy Edgar Jones sat opposite me. Welcome, Daisy. Okay, thanks for having me. Congratulations on the Leopard Club Award. This pays homage to the protagonists of contemporary cinema. Thank That's you. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm very chuffed. I'm very chuffed. Is this your first time in Locarno? It is, yeah. I think it's my first time at a film festival, full stop. So it's really oh, exciting really? to be here. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So how, how are you finding it? Is it what you expected? Yeah, it's just really cool to like, you know, see all these different cinemas and how many people here just love film as much as I do. So it's, it's just really cool. Now I read, so correct me if I'm wrong, that you said there was never a point where you consciously decided to go into acting. It was something you were doing and you loved doing it. I know you're in the National Youth Theatre. Tell us a bit about the experience of the National Youth Theatre because there's such amazing names that that are birthed in this place, like Daniel Day-Lewis, Daniel Craig, you, Matt Smith. There's There's a big, long list. So how did it transform you into the you that you are yeah well, it's such a great company because it's not a formal training you know what it gives you is the opportunity to audition for things when you're really young and, and take parts in lots of different types of play and and I joined when I was 15 and I did a project with them every year until I was about I think it was 20 the last time I did something with them and it does a really good job of sort of um, highlighting the importance of ensemble and working as a group it's not mm. about being like the best actor or, or standing out in in certain ways it's more about working as a team to make something come mm. to life and I think that's been the best thing I was ever taught because filmmaking is such a team effort it's such a you you as a performer a tiny part of the ultimate machine and and yeah. um and it's a really a collaborative process so I think learning that that is really important and, and to to enjoy that part of it is really great so yeah and was it then that you were like this is my calling I found my purpose in life this is what I want to do yeah I think I I I just loved it so much and I didn't know before that how you even became an actor I didn't really know anything about drama school I didn't know about agents and and so um through the National Youth Theatre you're also able to audition for other projects so there's open castings for things so um they did an open casting for um they were going to make a live action Little Mermaid but the like original Hans Christian Andersen sort of very dark version of it that Sofia Coppola was directing um I don't think it happened in the end but I auditioned for that and the casting director knew my agent was looking for someone my age to work with so um she put me in touch with my agent who I've now been with since I was 16 and, and that's how I was able to audition for professional things now you are a young actress and I'm going to go back to finding purpose in life I think it's something that young people in general struggle with, finding their purpose and their place in the world. I imagine a lot of your friends are probably still figuring this out, whereas for you, you were quite lucky in that respect because it all kind of came to be for you. I think, yeah, I think that process of figuring it out is something that never stops, really. Like, I wanted to take this next 10 years 
as a drama school in a sense and I, I think you're always learning you learn you know you grow with every job you do and yeah. but yeah I, I definitely had many years where I was struggling and I do feel very great like as an actor in the sense of you know auditioning and not getting anything mm. <laughs> for a long time but I do feel very grateful that because of normal people I, I guess I'm you know able to audition for things I mightn't have been able to before and and there's a night people know my work a wee bit more so I do feel very grateful for that because it's it, it's so hard you know it's so hard really. Mm. And before we go on to talk about normal people and the incredible impact it received, Cold Feet was your first big TV series. What was that experience like? Because you were working with already such big established names. Was it daunting? Definitely. I was, ter- I was terrified. I was terrified of being, which is funny because I was essentially a glorified e- extra. I didn't really have anything to do. I'd come in and have like one line or just had to walk, walk, you know, walk around in the back of shot really. But I remember the first time I had a scene where I was like, the camera was on me and it was starting on me and then going to the door. Someone was going to ring the door and all I had to do was drink orange juice. And I was literally drinking orange juice like that. So I was so terrified. I didn't want to look like I was acting like I was drinking orange juice. I just want to be drinking orange juice. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great way to learn actually because... I was learning without the pressure of having to hold up a a big, you know, part or hold up the whole series. I was just mm. able to learn by watching the other leads be brilliant, you know. Observing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, talking about leads, playing the lead in a show that gripped the world during lockdown, Normal People, did you have any idea how impactful that show would be? I think when we were making it, it felt very special because it's a very special book, you know, and, and and Lenny as a filmmaker is one of the best filmmakers of our time. He's incredible. And, it, and so I, I remember when we were making it, you know, we'd never played leads before, Paul and I, so it was also a mixture of incredible and terrifying in, in many different ways but mm. it just felt very magical it was a we all got on so well and it was such a fun thing to do so I, I think we I didn't have any reference for what it would then be like to be in something that was really widely watched or would catch on quite the way it did so mm. it felt special it felt like something important but I didn't know if it was actually going to be that way for uh, audiences too. I was talking with my team last night about uh, the show it really held a magnifying glass up against relationships and especially during the pandemic where people are at home and isolating and I think as well for those that were on their own it was a real time of reflection and and it sort of made you think about past relationships did did it do that for you as well when you were sort of working through it I think that's definitely a big part of the story and actually a lot of people come back to me um some older audiences saying that they had got in touch with their first love and just to say like thank you for being a big part of who I became and you know because it I think it does a really good job of showing how much especially in that formative time the people that you that come into your life even if it is just for a season really Mm. impact who you grow to be and Mm. and so yeah I I think it's a really beautiful part and I, I think weirdly the setting of the pandemic um lent itself to that story because it's a very quiet one it's very Mm slow it's it's not there isn't a huge amount of plot it's a very quiet character study really of these two people Mm. and so the quietness of that time when we all had nothing else to distract us really we were just locked in our houses it was sort of a very intimate story to lose yourself in yeah um, yeah everybody became just so invested yeah do you think if we could see beyond the ending the characters would down the line find their way back to each other I think there is something that sort of whatever they do to try and stop it there is something about they just seem to hurtle towards each other in various ways and and so I I can't see them not being in each other's lives I just don't know in what capacity 
I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> the roles are, are now lining up. And you mentioned about like that you've, you've been rejected as well. Like, and then that's part of being an actor. Um, how do you learn not to take that personally? I think it's hard not to or it's hard to not you know there's a small grief with everything especially with with certain jobs that you really um can you know see yourself do or you really you know connect with and you're like oh but I think I realize now when I look back I'm grateful for the jobs I didn't get because they weren't for me and I think that sort of idea of what's for you won't pass you by is something I really now a rule I live by because I think if it is meant for you it would have happened I think also what's great about being an actor is it really helps you it prepares you for any breakup because you're like so you're just <laughs> essentially broken up with or someone they, someone chooses someone better than you <laughs> every time you audition for something so um, yeah gives right, you good right. skills yeah. <laughs> good skill good life skills so the new film is where the Well, Dad Singh, it's another best-selling book adaptation. Is there a responsibility for you? Because here we are again where it's like, it's, you know, a really popular book. And then finding that essence of the character within the book and bringing it to the screen, do you feel the weight of that? It's definitely sometimes when, you know, when you're doing a book adaptation, you do come to certain scenes and it's hard not to remember how iconic they feel or you know or you're like oh this is the scene in the book that so many people have already imagined in their head and love Mm. but I also think that all you can really do is try and capture the tone of the story and then accept that it's always going to have a little you know have a a different view of those characters and be different and I think that's also fun if you love a story to be able to um, enjoy it from a different angle and and see different things but yeah there's always a responsibility when you know how many people have already imagined Mm. that character and, and love love them you know and then probably an extra responsibility when it's Reese Witherspoon's production company that's, you know, producing it. Like, when she came to visit you on set, I know that she's a big fan of your work. Um, did she give you any pearly words of advice or did she just sort of let you let you go, do your thing? Yeah, she was, she was, it was so cool to meet Reese. I've, I've been a fan of her work since I was very small, so it was just very surreal to even think that she, you know, knew, knew who I was. So it was very um, cool to then see her on set and see her see the location too and 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 take it in because it really like when she came to visit we were filming on Kaya's in Kaya's shack and it, I remember when I first saw that location it was lifted exactly from my imagination in the book so that's awesome it was cool to see her see that but yeah she was just really um generous with her time and her spirit and it was it was really cool to chat with her about the character and hopefully also get the accent right too because it was a bit of pressure doing that in front of her, <laughs> her for yeah sure. you like yeah. to take on roles with accents don't you I do <laughs> <laughs> um you said in a recent interview that the actors you admire the most are the ones that make unexpected choices um so is that what we can expect from you in in the future more kind of unexpected choices I hope so we're going to keep us guessing (laughs) well I like I like I like actors like Tilda Swinton for example who she sits very comfortably in playing like lead roles but she also loves playing like very fun guest roles or interesting characters that you know she she changes so much project to project so I, I think I just admire that and I think it's fun I would love to be able to challenge myself and try and depart uh, from myself as much as possible with it, every character and, and also just do something I haven't done before yeah mm. and I believe you would like to direct music videos is that right given the that chance would be fun yeah is there a song that comes to mind that you think you know what I'd love I've to got, do a video I've got for a video that. for this so, too many I have a notebook full of it I, I used to that would be my favorite thing would just to li- like listen to songs and imagine a, a story videos. behind it but it's fun it's one of the my favorite parts of being an actor is when you're in a project and you have 
you know, obviously the soundtrack that you create when you're making it, you have your playlist or whatever you're listening to at that time. But then when you watch the film and, and the soundtrack that has been chosen changes it so much or changes the feeling of those scenes, yeah. it's very fun to then remember that time with the soundtrack of the film. Like I now remember normal people with that sound, with the Stephen mm. Rennick score, even though I didn't know what that was when I was, you know, making it. So I, I quite like that music. I mean, it's the, one of the most important parts of, uh, you know, the ultimate end product. Yeah. The Leopard Club Award celebrates actors that are paving the way in contemporary cinema. Who do you think is on their way? Who's another you? Oh, like a younger actor. Well, just any, it could be a peer. Like who would you, if you, you know, the award that you've received, who do you you think? Oh, that's really, that's a great question. I love Eliza Scanlon. She's a brilliant, brilliant actress. She's in a film called Baby Teeth. Um, by Shannon Murphy which is a brilliant film and she was also in Sharp Objects mm. um, and she's she was also in Little Women she played Beth in Little Women she's ah, okay. brilliant yeah, yeah. So nice Daisy thank you so much we've got one final thing to do are you ready? I'm ready okay let's roll your closing credits what movie have you watched most in your life and why? Uh, I think uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Um, Ah. I think because it just observes the chaos of family dynamics so brilliantly. Um, I lived with my granddad for a while too, although he wasn't so he wasn't into drugs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But he's um, he was great crack. Um, Great crack. That's (laughs) the Irish again. (laughs) And um, it was just yeah, I I, just such a comforting film. It's so it just is so funny and painful and. Brilliant, yeah, so yeah, yeah great cast. Um, if you could have the Piazza Grande to yourself with your mates, what movie would you like to watch there? Probably, I'd do well, I'd like a musical, like a fun maybe Chicago would be fun, yeah, yeah, that would yeah, be cool. People. Under the stars, uh, you're directing a movie about your life. What would the opening and closing scenes look like? That's a hard question. I think the opening scene would be a shot from like way out in space of the earth. And then the ending shot would be the same because I'm, I'm insignificant. So, oh, <laughs> you absolutely not. <laughs> but yeah, maybe something like that. <laughs> if you could create a new category of award at the Locarno Film Festival, what would it be and who would you give it to? Um, hmm, that's actually a hard question. Best um, dressed? Best dressed. Um, we haven't got that one, so no, that best works. Best dressed I'll to Gabby. <laughs> I'll give it to you. <laughs> oh, shucks, thanks. <laughs> what are your hopes for the futures of film festivals? I mean, I know this is your first, so... Well, I think that they continue to be supported, really, and, and celebrating cinema mm. and also watching films with a group of people in an actual, you know, theatre. It's so important, so, yeah. So important. Is today's art shaping society as it should? Um, I hope so. I think... I think it is. I think it's, there's so much out there now. There's so much content. So it does feel like certain things do push through and, and make, and really make a ripple. Um, but it's finding them amongst all of the, mm. all of the content really. Mm. What's the biggest challenge today for cinema and culture? Uh, I think perhaps post pandemic is confidence to go back to the cinema and see it in, you know, see, have that live theatre experience. There's nothing like, watching something with a room full of strangers and all gasping at the same time and crying at the same time it's so beautiful and so yes and perhaps that content aspect of yeah pushing through getting the right things pushed through 
Yeah, I agree. Okay, Daisy Edgar Jones, thank you so much thank for talking you. to me today. Thanks it's for been a joy. Me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Future Spectives, the Locarno Film Festival podcast presented by UBS. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support Future Spectives with your review and subscribe on all the major podcast platforms. This series is created and produced by Brand Audio Media.